Gospel of John, chapter 14. In just a moment, we will read the first six verses for our text this morning. But I want to pause first and say thank you for deciding, for making the decision, the very important decision, to be in God's house on God's day with God's people, okay? So we can focus all of our attention on Him and on Him alone. We are reminded, as Matt just led us, that we are just moving through. That's really what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, Matt, thank you for leading us in worship and the worship team. Uh, and I appreciate uh, our son, Seth, who, who shared um, about missions and the importance of young men. I think that's so interesting. There's two signs, really, that God is at work, that the Holy Spirit is at work in a local church. One of them is that young men desire to be preachers and teachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, in April, I take, I believe it's seven men with me to a conference who are in various stages of planning and praying about full-time ministry for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is so neat. The other sign are babies. We have eight babies that are going to be born here over the next several months. And so I am just so excited that the Holy Spirit is at work and He is blessing, He is choosing to bless Big Woods Bible Church. Um, I don't know if you know it or not. I appreciate many of you that have sacrificed the 1030 time slot to give up your seat there to be here at the 8 o'clock to make room for visitors um, as the other service is filling up. Thank you for that uh, sacrifice. Um, it's neat to know that just this week, uh, this coming week, a mass mailing is going out to every home around Castanea and, and into Lock Haven, uh, introducing people to Big Woods. And that there's a, a radio campaign now introducing to Big Woods. Why? Not because it's Big Woods, not because it's anything special with us, but because we seek to communicate clearly the transforming gospel of Jesus Christ. Pray for that. Pray as people receive that they understand the importance of knowing that there is truth and that there is hope that is found through Jesus Christ. We have the privilege this morning of learning more about how to live as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Before we go any further, would you bow your heads, please, and pray with me. Father, I am so grateful for this time that you have given to us this morning to be here together, Lord, with your word opened before us, with your spirit present, guiding us, directing us, Lord, I would ask that you would open our ears to hear from you. May you be glorified. May we, Lord, have hearts and minds that are ready to receive your truth and that we understand the responsibility now of hearing truth, that we, we need to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Thank you for every person that is here. I thank you, Lord, for the time that you have called us to live and the place that you have called us to live and the amazing opportunity we have to offer hope in a hopeless world. Help us to do that faithfully in a way that you are glorified. We ask this in the strong name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And amen. John chapter 14. Let me direct your attention to the first six verses. Jesus Christ is speaking... And he says this, he says this to you and I today. 
Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I want to remind you this morning that a home awaits. And we're going to learn this morning what it means to live and to give the hope of heaven. A home awaits. I want you to pause first and foremost on that one word, home. Think on that word, home. It evokes so many thoughts and images and memories and feelings in our hearts and in our minds. Home. I found it, it really results in, it can result in three different responses. One is a positive thought. When you think of the word home, you think of what? A crackling fire and the smell of homemade bread. Home is a, a safe place. It's warm. It's a place that we are soothed by, that we long for, that we look forward to being home. And then there's another response that some people have when they think of the word home. And it's negative. Home, a place that you have no idea what you're going to walk into. Home for many, sadly, is a place of uncertainty. I don't know what to expect. One moment maybe shouting and screaming and people are bickering or fighting or a place of drunkenness or a place of fear or abuse. Or there's a third response. When people think of the word home, it, it's not positive, it's not negative, it's, it's simply indifferent. Home, a place I, I could take it or I could leave it. There's, there's a numbness around it about. You know, I really don't, I don't care about it. I'm just buying my time to move on to something else. This morning I want to tell you this. I want to offer you, I want to tell you the truth. Truth is this. When you recognize the reality that there is a holy God, one holy God above all else. When you understand the reality that we as sinners fall short of that holy God, yet that holy God love, loves you and I so much that He gave to us His own Son to die in our place, to forgive us of our sin, redeem us, and now allows us to be called His own. When you understand that truth, I want to tell you this. He offers you a home. 
that is unlike anything else you have ever, ever thought of. It is unlike anything else you could ever imagine. You see, a home is special. It means a home is set apart not because of what it is. It's not wood and brick and mortar. A home is special. A home is set apart. Why? Because of who is there. I find, I, this is wrong, I find when, when I leave the office at night and I head home, the, the closer I get, the faster I drive. Why? Because it's the one that I'm looking to be with. It's my wife, Wendy, that's at home, that we get to be together. It's our children, like this weekend, Seth and Sarah, home with us. It's being together. The strongest human relationship, the strongest relationship known in all of mankind is between what? Between a husband and a wife. The strongest human relationship known is between a man and a woman. God has designed them to go together. Not two men, as the world may try to tell you. Not two women, that the world may try to tell you. A week ago, we... We heard about the tragedy that took place on Sunday night at the Grammys when Queen Latifah and Madonna married several couples, many of them gay couples, two men, two women. And the world says that's okay. No, it's not. The truth is it's not okay. Why? Because the church, you and I, followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, are comprised of what? Individuals who have offered our life to the Lord. Throughout Scripture, the church is referred to as the bride, and Jesus Christ is referred to as the bridegroom. 2 Corinthians 11, Ephesians 4, Revelation 19, Revelation 21. Jesus loves the analogy of the bride and the bridegroom. He uses it in three of the four different Gospels it's recorded. And this analogy, this picture, is very significant, particularly because in ancient times, Old Testament times, when a man asked a woman to marry him, and she said, what? She said, yes, I will. He leaves her, and he goes away, and he builds a home for her. And when he's done building a home for her, he goes, he gets her, they go to the priest, they get married, and then they move into their home. They don't just what? They don't just go and they move in together. That's not... The world tells you that's okay. That's not okay. The man builds the house, goes and gets the woman. They get married and they begin their lives together. <clears throat> Do you realize that is exactly, that is exactly what God is doing for you and I right now? He is building us a home. We are his bride. First and foremost, I want you to write this down. You need to know this. Point number one. Here it is. God is building a home for me in heaven. I want you to know that. I want you to write that down. I want you to remember that. God is building a home for me in heaven. It says what in verse 3 of John chapter 14? I go and I prepare. The word is, it means to, to make ready. 
God is putting effort in making the perfect place for you. Why? Because someday, this body that you have, that you shine up and clean and primp, someday your body will die. Physical body will die. But your soul will not die. Why? We are creating the image of God. A soul is eternal. You know, if you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you will go to heaven, your soul will go to heaven where a home has been built for you. But far more important than that, it's a place where you will be with God. Or what? Or, if you have rejected Christ, repeatedly, just what, closed your mind towards the truth of the gospel... Your soul will go to hell forever separated from a holy God who is in heaven. We have to understand the truth. Now until you get there, until you get to the place with God in heaven, we are commanded to invest into that home that God is building for us. Last couple of weeks we've talked about what? Matthew chapter 6. Do not lay up treasures for yourselves on earth. But what? Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. We are to literally invest in our eternal home, not our temporal home. We are to do that by focusing what? More on people than focusing on things. We're to do that by focusing on the kingdom of God, not our own little tiny kingdoms. And so God has a lot of of instruction for us on this very subject. God's word is filled with instructions. We know we've been doing a series on biblical stewardship. We are called stewards, individuals who manage someone else's property. And so we've been learning what we call stewardship principles. By way of quick review, the stewardship principle number one, we looked at the fact that God owns everything, everything. And I am his money manager. Repeatedly through scripture, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Psalm chapter 24. Haggai chapter 2, the silver is mine, the gold is mine. Everything belongs to the Lord. He what? He has, he has created it. He has designed it. He owns it. It's not yours. We also looked at stewardship principle number 2 that says what? My heart always goes where I put God's money. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21, we looked at the fact that where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Basically, Jesus is saying this. Look, I'm going to see your checkbook. I'm going to see your financial records and your receipts, and I will tell you where your heart is. Why is this so important? Because it says that we are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, not some of it, all of it. God's Word has a lot to say about this. And so we are attempting to make sure that our hearts and our lives align with what God has to say. Why? Because there is a direct connection. There is a, there is a, a, a linking between our spiritual lives and our financial lives. What you think about God and what you think about money. Think about this. What you think about God. What you think about God's Word. What does God's Word have to say about this? 2,350 different verses throughout God's Word that speak about money and possessions. More than heaven and hell combined. God's Word says what? You be content with what you have. Stop looking at your neighbor. 
God's word says, be content. God's word says, you take your first fruits. You take 10% off the very top. Lord, this is yours. I'm handing it to you. God's word tells us. We bring it into the storehouse, the local church. God's word tells us that if you have two goats, you take one of them and you give one to the guy who doesn't have any coats. God's word says you give food to the hungry. You care for the needy. God's word says what? That you are to care for the poor and, and the cold and the orphans. Isaiah 1, James 1. To care for the widows, the downtrodden. God's word says what? He loves when someone gives cheerfully. Here, have it. God's word says it is far more blessed to give than to receive. And we know that the vehicle that God has chosen for all of this to take place, according to what we see when the church was put together in Acts chapter 2, that the church, the local church of Jesus Christ, is, is the primary means as to how this is to be carried out. Of how we are to actually show our love for the Lord and for other people. Brings us to our second point. Understand this. You can write this down and remember it. God wants me to give to Him and to give to others. God wants me to give to Him and to others. It says in John chapter 14 and verse 6, it says that no one comes unto the Father except through me. Remember Christ was saying? Thomas like, I don't know. How do, how do we know and Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We are to go through Christ. Well, what does that mean? We acknowledge who he is, and we acknowledge ultimately his sacrifice. Jesus Christ gave his life for you and I in order to make a means and a way for us to go to heaven. For God so loved the world that he gave his own son. I've told you many times, if it was my boy or you standing on a train track and there's a train coming and I got the time to push one of you out of the way, you're dead. <laughs> Sorry. It's my boy. That's the natural instinct. But not so with the Lord. But he pushed you out of the way. And he gave his own son. Now we call ourselves followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. We call ourselves followers of God. God gave. What, what does that mean that we are supposed to do? It is, it is all throughout scripture. That we are to be giving. We are to be giving constantly. We are to be giving. Why? Because when we understand that there is salvation. We go through Christ. We have a privilege of giving. You know, a lot of people sadly would twist that and say, oh, so, so I get it. If I give things, I get to go to heaven, right? No, 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 that's not what we're saying. You could never give enough in order to get to heaven. But because you have gone through Christ and Christ alone, you now have a privilege to give back to him by what? By way of giving to others. You give to them the hope of the gospel. You get, you're allowed to, you're privileged to give back to him by giving to others. 
Throughout God's word, we are commanded to give. Christ commands us to give. There are rewards for giving, and yet I don't know what it is. For some reason, it is really hard to do. We really struggle. Why is it? Why is it so hard? We know it's a good thing. We know Christ commands it. We know Christ even rewards us. Why is this so hard? I believe that there's, there's obstacles, there's hurdles, there's roadblocks along the way. Unbelief, we actually doubt. We are faithless when it comes to our giving. There's other roadblocks of idolatry. We just love this stuff. We focus on it. There's roadblocks of, of, of simply a desire to be looked at and, and pride issues and, and, and control issues. The fact is that we live in a materialistic, we live in a hedonistic, comfort-seeking society. But if I were to say, if, there, if I were to say there's, there's one single greatest deterrent of why people have a hard time of giving, it's because of this. People today actually think that earth is their home. It's the, I believe it's the number one deterrent of why people don't give. They actually think earth is their home, which brings us to stewardship principle number three, and we build upon this. Remember this, heaven, not earth, is our home. Heaven, not earth, is our home. Home. The Bible says what in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20? Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. His ambassador is someone who represents one nation towards another. We are ambassadors for Christ. In Philippians chapter 3 it says what? Our citizenship is in heaven. You may have a U.S. passport. It may be stamped on it. Citizenship. American. If you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, your citizenship in heaven trumps your American citizenship. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, when there's a description of these people did it right, okay? Those, those heroes of the faith. Hebrews chapter 11 actually says this in verse 13. It says, those, those who did it right, those heroes, they acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. They got it. They got the fact that they don't really belong here. Verse 16 of Hebrews chapter 11 says what? But as it is, they desire a better country. I love this. That is a heavenly one. They got it. Hebrews 11 is a whole list of people that we could just say, they, we are to follow them as they followed Christ. And they got this idea. That God's word is very, very clear on. If there's one description I think that I, I love the most of this whole idea, it's the Apostle Peter. Peter was just out there. He just called it what it was. At one particular time, Peter, in, in, in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13, he says this. He says, as long as I am in this body, the word is skenoma, it's tabernacle. I like the wording. My favorite is actually the New King James Version. It says, as long as I am in this tent, which means what? You ever sleep in a tent? I hate tents. It just goes, I mean, it may, it may help you at night or something. I don't really understand the entire tenting idea. All I know is this. They're not designed to live in. You don't stay in a tent. 
You, you unpack it. It takes like 18 people an entire day to build one tent. You build it. You sleep in it. You're freezing cold. You don't really sleep. And what? And then, then you, you don't stay. You don't live in a tent. People, people think what the, that that this is all it is. Your body was not made to last. Your body will not last. I get a kick out of the out of the commercials today for the the age defying beauty secrets that are out there. Oh, there then there is a lot of them. There's creams and concoctions that I like this phrase erase the years. No, they don't. You're rubbing stuff on your face. Doesn't erase any years. There is no doubt in my mind you can cover something up, okay? You can, my dad would call it war paint. That, that would say to the girls, I think you need to put some war paint on. You can cover something, a blemish or a wrinkle. You may prolong the inevitable by way of diet or exercise or even surgery. Did anyone see Bruce Jenner's face recently? It doesn't work for everyone. Okay? But you cannot, you cannot erase the finality of life here on this earth. Our body will not last. Our house, our homes here. Our, I think our house was built in 1952. We're actually fine. There's, there's cracks all over the place. And it's, it's only, it's not even that old. Our cars, they, they will not last. Last week we learned the futility of having what we call a wild mouse in our lives. The whole earth will not last. At very best we are moving through. Therefore, where we choose to store our treasure depends on where we actually believe our home is. And this morning, I'm telling you, if you have acknowledged the Lord Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior of your entire life, if you have received the gospel, then heaven, not earth, is your home. You ever travel somewhere before, particularly for work, have to stay in a hotel? When you travel for work, you get paid. Think about taking the money that you've earned, buying really nice stuff, Put it in your hotel room. You can't take it with you. It has to stay there. Like beautiful paintings and pictures. Let's put them on the wall. But when you leave your hotel, you have to leave them there. Would that be, is that just like totally, would that just be a dumb thing to do? Think about it. People are really decorating their hotel rooms. You have a choice every single day to spend it or to send it. I think we need that. I need, we need that before our right, Every single day. We have to understand the responsibility that we have either to spend it or send it. So should be the case with our heavenly home. On understanding the responsibility of sending it on ahead. Here's your homework assignment for the week, Okay. Have you ever been to a dump before? I don't know if that's the official name any, anymore. There's landfills. It's a dump. Have you ever been to a junkyard before? Or a, a trash heap, a, a burning pile of refuse? Have you ever been to those places before? Things used to be a lot more exposed than they are now. A lot of stuff is buried today. I want you to go find 
a, a trash heap somewhere, a smoldering, stinking stockpile of soiled, sordid stuff. Stuff is actually defined as worthless objects. Dads, I want you to take your family on a field trip to, to the junkyard. Pack a lunch, dress warm, take the kids. Play a game of, of what we call in our family, guess the garbage. It is a really, really fun game. Because what happens is you stand in front of this whole pile of, of junk and you begin to look and it's just this garbage and then you kind of focus on something. You're like, hey, hey, I get that was a blender. See it? You see how it was kind of there? There's a piece missing, but it was a blender. Oh, I get it. And then you kind of, hey, that's some rusty spokes from an old bicycle. And you can actually begin to think for a minute, wait a minute. Do you realize that every single thing in a junk pile at one time was purchased, brought home, unwrapped, birthday gifts, Christmas gifts, anniversaries as treasures. We're like, wow, now we have a brand new blender. But it doesn't, it doesn't stay in that because it ends up everything. Everything ends up in the junk pile. And people have worked hard for this and they long for this. And they're like, if I could just save up enough to get this blender, I love this one. You, you realize that we can so easily be fools by thinking that this is our home. Don't get too comfortable here. This isn't your home. Stop decorating your hotel room. Stop pretending like you can take it with you. But instead we can what? We can invest it. Brings us to our third and final point quickly in closing. God desires for me and others to be with Him at home in heaven. I am still blown away by this. God desires for me and others to be with Him at home in heaven. Where I am, there you will be also. A holy, infinite God, sovereign over every authority that has ever sat desires to be with with me with with us yes he does you see at big ones we 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 teach we tell people our mission all the time is what we are to love god and we are to love people why because god made us and we love him for that we we love people why because people matter because people have souls and souls last forever and so we understand our responsibility as a local church. We are the bride of Jesus Christ. And He right now, the master builder, all-knowing, all-powerful, pretty good building credentials, is building us a home where He is. And right now, this moment, this day, we have the opportunity to give every single person in our community the message of the gospel that transforms lives and offers them what? A hope and a home with God in heaven. Francis Chan says it like this. Do you know that nothing you do in this life 
will ever matter unless it is about loving God and loving the people he has made? Wow. Do do you know that nothing you do in this life will ever matter unless it's about loving God and loving the people that he has made? Remember this, heaven, not earth, is your home. I close. We, we have a treat. I, I get to read you this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God gives its light. And its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it and its gates will never be shut by day and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations. But nothing unclean will enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Home. That's home. Father, thank you that you love us. Help us to understand what it means to live and to give the hope of a home in heaven. Amen.